Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 261. Today's guest is the fabulous, very bright and colorful Suze Chadwick. She's a bold business branding and speaker coach. And she's the founder of the Connection Exchange, the author of Play Big, Brand Bold, and she's the host of the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Now, if you haven't seen Suze's branding, it is probably the most colorful one I've ever seen, and I love it. And what really struck me about Suze when I met her in person at Angela Henderson's retreat last year was that she is like who she is as a person is exactly what her brand is like. And I just love that. So in today's episode, we're chatting a bit about how you can start to stand out in your industry, how you can play a bigger game, how you can get out of your comfort zone, because I know that's something that a lot of us struggle with in business. We also chat a little bit about how to find your uniqueness, how to build a bold brand. And Suze shares quite a bit of her business journey and her journey building her own bold brand. So anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Suze, welcome to Social Let. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wow, that just activated Siri on my phone. Siri, that wasn't for you. That was for Suze. <laughs> so, Suze, for my listeners that haven't heard of you before, haven't heard of your brand, who is the person behind the bright, bold, extremely colorful brand that is Suze Chadwick? Oh, gosh, where do I start with that? <laughs> So in a nutshell, and we can talk maybe a little bit more about my story in a bit, but in a nutshell, yeah. I work mainly with women in business to help them create confidently bold brands. Uh, I've been in the branding space for around about 10 years now uh, with a oh. sort of career past that as well. So I was in recruitment and HR for quite a long time. Uh, and I just really saw an opportunity in the market where I was working with quite a lot of women to build their business strategies, but then mm. they weren't taking action. And I was just kind yeah. of dumbfounded. I was just like, so this is how you grow your business, but why aren't you actually doing it? And there was just a lot around not really knowing what their core message was, not loving their visual brand, so being embarrassed to put it out there. And basically I used to get clients saying to me, I just want to be really confident in my branding like you are yeah. in yours and I just want to be bold like you. And it wasn't about copying. It wasn't about looking the same. It was just like they just wanted to love what they were putting out there so they could go bigger. So that's kind yeah. of like where it all sort of came from. Uh, but, yeah, but I, uh, I'm i just really passionate about working with women who want to do big things, basically. I always say I think that no matter where you are in business, it's always good to say this is who I'm for and this is yeah. who I'm not for. And so I always say if you just kind of want to stay behind the scenes and 
you kind of don't want to stand out too much, then I'm probably not the person for you. <laughs> I love that. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, playing a bigger game in this episode, definitely. But okay, so like myself and like a lot of our listeners, you are also ex-corporate. Now, yeah. I'd love to know what made, what made you take that leap and start your business and what has that journey looked like so far? Yeah. So, I mean, I still, I dabble in both still. So, I still work yeah. sometimes with corporates on employer branding, which is kind of where my branding journey started. I uh, had been on maternity leave. This is like probably five years ago or more now. Uh, I have been on maternity leave and was really just looking to change directions completely. And I was sitting in a, in a meeting with this social media and branding consultant, and she was talking about all of the things that they were going to do for the company that I was contracting to. And I just sat there and I thought, this is what I want to do. Like this, this is the type of thing, build communities, build engagement, build messaging, um, you know, create something that really stands out. And so I basically, once I had my first child, I contacted her on LinkedIn and I just said, I'll work for you for free one day a week during my maternity leave if you teach me everything that you know. And she was like an ex-Deloitte branding consultant. Wow. So she was like, okay. (laughs) So one of my big messages is if you ever see an opportunity, just ask. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Because nine times out of ten, you never know. People are just like, yeah, sure. So I was just like trying to figure out like what I really wanted to do and how I was going to change. And so – I ended up working for her for quite a while and I'd be on like Skype meetings with her and her clients while she was doing brand strategy sessions and looking at how they're going to build their social media and their message. And I was just her lackey. Like I was just like (laughs) sitting there taking notes and listening. And um, I mean, I was a senior manager in corporate at this point, but I'm like, I don't care. Like I will do anything to change direction and do something that I really love. Like the seniority didn't bother me at all. Like I was like, I'll, yeah. I'll be your lackey. I will be your lackey for as long as you want me to. Uh, <sighs> and so I basically did that while my baby slept. And then to kind of jump forward, I went back into my corporate job and I just said, I'm ready for a change. I don't want to manage people anymore. It was just, I didn't love it. Uh, and so I said to my CEO, I really think there's a gap in the market here. I think that we should be doing employer branding for our clients. And she went, go ahead and build that consulting division. So I still manage that consulting division a couple of days a week. And so when there are corporate clients that want employer branding done, so we review and rebuild career sites and messaging and social campaigns and all of that, then I do it for them. And then the rest of the time I work with women in business to help them build their brand as well. So for me, that journey is still kind of intertwined and I actually still work with corporate teams on looking at how either leaders build their personal brands or looking at how a SME or a corporate builds their brand and their message to market. So I'm kind of sit across both worlds still. Wow. 
I love that is a lovely story though because it's not even like the opportunity presented itself to you. You literally went there and created that opportunity, and most people wouldn't have even seen that as an opportunity. So that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. Now I, <laughs> I'd love to touch on this concept of playing a bigger game because I know that's something you're super passionate about. So what exactly does playing a bigger game mean to you? Yeah, and when I talk, and I talk about this a lot, is play big, brand bold. Uh, and it was really just kind of something that came to mind a few years ago. I was running a conference called Epic Summit, and and I was just like, this is something that I feel like I'm telling my clients to do more of, and so I got it, like, yeah. created into a bit of a tagline and stuff. <laughs> but what I found is that when I talk about play big, it's about making the choice to do things that are really uncomfortable and that you may not have the answers to, or you may not actually know what the outcome is going to be, but you're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So that to me is almost playing big is about taking the chance on the unknown. It's just going after what you want and kind of going, I got no idea if this is going to work. And I don't know if I'm going to fall flat flat on my face or not, but I'm going to absolutely take that chance. I'm going to ask that person for the opportunity. I'm going to test and try that thing. I'm going to invest and take a risk. Like that to me is what playing big is. And I think a lot of times we try and stay safe in the things that we do and we kind of think, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll put it out there when it's perfect or maybe I'll, Uh. you know, I'll just take little (laughs) steps and just see. And I'm just like, just make bold moves. Yeah. And see what happens. But I mean, so starting a business in itself is such a bold move. So why do you think then that all of these women who've gone out and started these amazing businesses, why did they, they then decide to play small? Yeah. Or and maybe this, it's not I, even a decision. Yeah. And I actually interviewed. So this is like me once again going, cause I used to be a recruiter. So I'm all about asking all the <laughs> questions is that when I was doing these business strategies for women and they weren't kind of, executing on it, um, Mm. I was like, what is happening? And so I thought, well, if I don't understand what's happening, I'm going to ask the questions. So I actually interviewed over 50 women one-on-one over the phone, over Zoom, over Skype, over a period of months, and I've still got the spreadsheet and I asked them a whole lot of questions. So I asked, um, what does playing big look like to you? And some of them were like, if I was running a multi-million dollar global organization, that would be playing big. And others said, if I had the courage to do a Facebook Live, that would be playing big. So wow. all of us have got very different definitions yeah. of it. And then I was asking questions around, so what what are you doing instead of playing big? And they're like basically procrastinating or <laughs> just trying to find other things to do. Um, and I was like, how do you feel when you're not playing a big game? And they're like, well, I feel like rubbish because I know what I want to mm-hmm. do, but I'm not actually taking the action to do that. So I like, and there were like 10 or 15 questions. Like I went really in depth on it. So when yeah. it comes to playing a big game, I think a lot of times it is the fear of the unknown. It's like, because I don't know how to do it, I don't want to look like an idiot. Um, but also, when we are in procrastination, it's because we're not quite sure about a lot of times the steps ahead. Otherwise, we know yeah. the steps ahead and there's fear there. So that's what came out of a lot of the conversations that we had. And the interesting thing is, and this is something that I would really encourage you to do if you feel like you're in that stuck place, 
is that when I actually spoke to some women and we talked about it, some of them were like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that that was a thought that I was having until we spoke about it or until I verbalized it. So I think sometimes we sit with things and we don't know why we're not taking action. But if you get the chance to either sit and ask yourself the question, why am I not doing what I really want to do? What is it that's holding me back? And so if you're not doing what you really want to do, then it's really about sitting with those questions and asking them. And you may not actually have the answer when you ask the question at the time. It may be something that needs to kind of percolate and for you to think about and then actually start to write it down. Otherwise, be in conversation with somebody that you trust where you can have an open dialogue and an open conversation and kind of go, I feel stuck and I don't know why. Or... I'm scared to do this like I want to talk about it. And I think that if you can create those types of relationships where you can have those conversations, you'll be amazed at what you uncover and also what you shift to move forward. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And what about like the fear of what other people are going to think and what other people are going to say and, you know, like the fear of being judged? How, How can you start to get over that? so that you can play a bigger game. Yeah, and I think that this is such an interesting one and it's such a big reason why so many people aren't doing the things that they want to do. And I always just say you've got to start to learn to trust yourself and start to believe that what you're doing is what you want to do and that the people whose opinions are where they're putting it out there, you've got to ask yourself, does that opinion matter? Like are these the strangers on the internet who have no frigging idea about who you are and what you want to do? So you've got to – they all have something to say. Yeah. But also I also think that it's important that when I talk about playing big, I actually want you to start sort of staying in your own lane and doing the things that you want to do without actually looking at what other people are saying because the majority of people who are around you I think usually are supportive. Like they want to see you succeed. Yeah, they want to see you succeed. And then the other thing is is that if you do have people around you where there is negative talk or there's kind of like do you really want to do that, then I think you've also got to make a really conscious decision about who you speak to about certain things as well. So, for example, if I've got girlfriends who are not in the business space and they don't get it and it's all a bit foreign and why am I on social media all the time and am I really putting myself out there and, those sorts of things, then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know something, if it doesn't resonate for you, then don't follow me. Like we can hang on Facebook if that's where like my personal relationships are. But if you don't want to see me do stories on Instagram or what I'm talking about feels a bit weird for you, then don't follow along. And so I think it's about you really protecting your space because at the end of the day, you've got to decide how bad you want this. And if what somebody says about what you do is enough to stop you, then I think you've got to revisit why you're doing what you're doing and how bad you really want it. Because for me, I know that some of the things that I do, I can almost see people who follow me who are more from my personal life, they're like they're they're just not quite sure what's going on. And it's because they don't live in the world that I live in. Yeah, the entrepreneurial space is just very different. So when I catch up with them, I have very different conversations to the conversations that I have when I'm with my like BBA students or mastermind buddies or just women that are who in the business world. And so I think that you've just got to start to get really clear about what it is you're willing to do 
to make this work and make this happen. And I think that's where that exercise of why am I not showing up? Why am I not playing big? Why am I not doing the things I really want to do? I really want you to identify that and then start to say, if this continues to happen and I don't continue to show up for the next one, two, three, four months, how am I going to feel at the end of that? Because I let somebody else's thoughts stop me. I love that. And it's so interesting because I think often the people in our personal lives who we might not be so happy with like how they're reacting to our content and what we're putting out there, they're often just trying to be supportive, but they don't know how. So I love that you touched on that. Yeah. yeah. And now, there's so many entrepreneurs as well. Like Sarah Blakely talks about this as well, yeah. where she didn't tell anybody about Spanx for two years while she was in the process because she knew that they wouldn't quite understand. And mm. so I just think there are so many entrepreneurs that I look up to and that I love and they're just like, we just didn't talk about it to anybody that we thought wouldn't understand for quite a while. And I just kind of think, you know, something, it's fine for you not to tell the whole world, just tell the people yeah. that matter. Exactly. And then when the time comes, you can tell everyone else. If you want to, exactly. totally. <laughs> now, okay, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this question because I know you're an extrovert, but I'm an introvert and I know a lot of my listeners are introverts and like, I personally believe it's a little bit harder for those of us introverts to, you know, put ourselves out there and to play that bigger game. Do you have any tips for introverts who want to start playing a bigger game? Yeah, absolutely. And just remember going back to what I said before, playing big looks really different to different people. So yeah. I think it's about you defining what that means for you. And I also think that there are so many different ways that you can be connecting and communicating with people that isn't you being out there loud and proud all the time. So even people like, for me, I know Denise Duffield-Thomas and um, even Brene Brown, like they are all self-proclaimed introverts. And so I think yeah. it's about looking at when you have the energy to do certain things, then try and do as much as you can in that space and then give yourself downtime. Yeah, because yeah. I think that it's just really looking at do I sit, and I know you put out a lot of content on Instagram as well, Steph, you know, and it's like <laughs> looking at how do you communicate in a way that works for you where it's not a total energy drain and where you yeah. don't have to be on all the time. And whenever I talk about bold as well, I always say, I am hot pink and gold pom-poms, but that is not what bold is, yeah? Bold is making the decision to break the mould in your industry. And so it's you taking a look and going, how can I talk about what it is that I think is important for my clients in a way that works for me? And then how can I use the tools around me to amplify that message? So, you know, yeah. if you do one video or one whatever, you know, and then you amplify it and you repurpose that content, you physically don't actually need to be present. Yeah, yeah. you don't actually have to be the one that's on all the time. But that message could actually be out there on Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you record a video and then you that's something people opt into. So there is the opportunity to grow your brand awareness and your audience without you being on all the time. For me, because I'm an extrovert, I'm on all the time, but that's what I draw <laughs> my energy from, yeah? So yes. when I'm on stories all the time and I get 
messages and DMs and all the rest of it, that like fuels me. Whereas for somebody else, that would be like exhausting. So you've just got to, yeah. So you've just got to (laughs) work out when am I at my best? When do I feel the best when I'm creating content and connecting and sharing? And then once I've done that, how do I amplify it? I love it. I love it. And I like how you mentioned that it's about focusing on what works for you. Because I mean, for me, right, with this podcast, the reason why I don't just do an interview style podcast is because that would drain me. Like I love, I love connecting with people. I love doing the interviews, but afterwards, like I'm going to need a quick nap after this. (laughs) Whereas you'll probably be like, yes, okay, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I do quite a lot of interviews on my podcast because I like the energy of the bouncing. So yeah, but I just think you've got to, you've got to sit and really understand how you work best is the main thing. I love that. Now in your book, which is so beautiful and colorful and I'm just absolutely loving it. You you. have this lovely quote at the start where you say, we rarely fail because we don't know what, what to do. Usually it's because we're not willing to get uncomfortable and do what it takes. Now, was there a certain point in your journey where you realized that in order to succeed, you really had to push yourself and get uncomfortable? Yes, it was. So I started my business in 2015 uh, and I had referrals coming in and the business was going fine and I was earning money. Like it was okay. It wasn't, you know, going gangbusters or anything, but I was pretty comfortable with it. But I just sort of thought like, Suze, what are you doing? Like what exactly are you doing here? Like are you you just happy to have clients every now and again? Like what what are you doing? (laughs) Let's like sitting myself down. Uh, and so I just ha- sat down and just thought, okay, I either need to go big with this or I need to just decide whether it's something that I really want to do or not. And so uh, about at the end of 2015 or so, I just made that decision where I just thought, you know, something I am just going to start to show up a whole lot more. I'm going to market myself more. I'm going to share what I've got more. I'm going to go and speak at a whole lot of events for free. Like I just, I just thought I'm just going to start to build my brand and put myself out there. And it was pretty much within three or four months of me just making that decision that things started to kind of, you know, five, ten X. And it was really just being more present and actively asking for things that I want. I talk about that in the book as well, is that my mother always taught me, ask for what you want. You know, the worst thing that somebody can say is no, and then you're exactly where you were when you started. So it's not like you've lost anything. Um, And so it's just never really occurred to me not to ask. So I would just like see women in business events and I would just figure out, who was running it and I'd send them an email and I'd be like, hi, do you need a speaker? <laughs> and so the more that I did that, um, the more traction I got and the more that my brand and audience and customer base built. But I do feel like I did draw a line in the sand and kind of go, like, make the decision, Suze. What are you going to so do? So would you, yeah, would you say that then speaking has been a big way or big part of how you've marketed your business and grown it over the years? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like a, I'm like a year 10 ex-debater. So it's something (laughs) that I've always really enjoyed as well. And, uh, and speaking for me is a real opportunity, obviously, to reach a one-to-many audience and also access other people's audiences that I haven't built, which is awesome. And I just think that if, 
it's something that you enjoy, which I really do. Then I love it. Yeah, then it's kind of where you it's shine there. as well. You know, it's kind of where you come alive. It's where you connect with people. Like I have had so many people that I didn't know. I went to an event, I spoke, and the next day they bought my course or they wow. did something. Like it's it's so powerful, yeah, because number one, you're trusted by association. So the organiser yeah. of the event trusts you and holds you in high regard, which is why they've asked you to speak. The second thing is that they've actually seen you in action and they have seen mm. and heard your expertise. And then I think the third thing is really energy. So I always say there might be 10 business coaches in the room, but only one will resonate for you. It'll be something about their personality. It'll be with the way that they talk. It'll be their beliefs or their values that make you go, she's for me. And that's what yeah. I got a lot of the time is that I ended up with people going, I just knew that you were the one I've been looking for ages. And the minute that I saw you, the minute I heard you, I knew that you were the one that I wanted to work with. And so I also think it's really interesting because a lot of people say it takes like 14 to 18 touch points before someone will buy from you. And I just think in today's world with the things that we have at our fingertips and disposal, it's actually something that you can have 18 touch points with somebody potentially in three or four days. So you can turn, turn that around really quickly. Yeah. And I think also like another thing you didn't mention there was the people you meet at events, like the other speakers. Like, look at this podcast probably wouldn't have happened if we hadn't met at um, Angela Henderson's retreat last year where we were both speakers. And it's like you you meet the most incredible people at these events. Yeah. I think there's really in, I don't know, like in this space that we're in where we're so focused on, you know, Instagram, Facebook ads, sending emails to our list. I think there's really something to be said about taking it all offline and actually meeting in person. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I actually think that that's kind of where a lot of the magic happens too. Oh, sure. You know, like there's some events where I'm looking at, I'm like, oh my gosh, I so want to go to that. Like, you know, I want to go to the Kajabi Summit in September because I'm just oh, like, I want to go as well. Because <laughs> I'm just like to actually there. go and meet people and be yeah. present in a room. Um, I just think that there's nothing like it. And I also think one thing that, and I've said it to Angela before, before I went to Angela's retreat, I was kind of like, what is, what is it with retreats? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand what the big, and I've run events for years. But when I actually got there, it's like you actually get to spend four days with people. Like you get to know them and have deeper conversations. And it's not just kind of like when you're at an event where you're passing ships in the night, kind of where you're like, Oh, hi, you know, chat, chat. And then you don't see them again. So it was amazing. Yeah, I agree. All right. Sorry. Bringing this back to getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> what, um, what tips would you give to somebody who's, you know, sitting nice and comfortably inside their comfort zone, but they know that they need to push themselves out of it. They just don't know exactly how to start doing that. Yeah, sure. So the first thing that I would want to say is I think just get clear, kind of to go back to your business and what you actually want it to do. Mm. I think that's where you have to start because then that will determine how big you have to go. Yeah? yeah. So for example, if you say, 
I've got a dog grooming business and I just want people in a 20K radius, then that's a pretty simple thing that you can potentially do. If you have got a business where you want to launch a a course globally, you want to launch a podcast, you want to do things on a bigger scale, then you've got to start to take a look at what are the things that I need to do? And I always think, who do you have to be or become or what are the things that you need to start doing in order to get to where you want to go? And it may not be that, you know, all of a sudden tomorrow you're Rachel Hollis. Like that's not what I'm sort of saying where you've got 16,000 people in an auditorium because, you know, that's that's what all of us want. Um, God. Yeah. <laughs> like speaking to the introverts, they're like, oh, never. Uh. But I just think you've got to start to look at what is it that I actually want? What would good look like? What would success look like for me? And I think everybody's definition of success, just like playing big, is really different as well. So if you say, well, you know, I'd really love to have this course or I'd really love to have this podcast, then just start to take baby steps because I think a lot of times we stop ourselves from doing things because we look at the big picture And the big picture feels so scary and you're like, I have no idea where I would start. Like I actually don't know how I'm going to get that or how I'm going to do that. But the question is right now, like what is the first thing that you could do if you wanted to start a podcast, create a course? So maybe you sit down and you just start to work through it. Yeah. And so the Mm. other thing that I also talk about in the book is really looking at, um, looking at what good looks like. So really dream about that big idea. Then just start to research. I think that one of the things that can really help people get unstuck and play bigger is knowledge. And I think that the more that you arm yourself with knowledge and understanding, well, these are the three course platforms I could use. This is the format. So, you know, do I, if I've got a podcast, do I do three 10 minute episodes or do I do one, one hour episode a week? Just start to ask yourself those little questions, explore some of your options and then start to take action on it. And I think that if you start to take small actions towards a much bigger goal, one, the fear will hopefully not set in as much as if you're kind of <laughs> looking at the big thing in one one yeah. hit. Um, and also as you learn, you'll get more confident. It's the whole thing of, you know, it's all about taking those small steps to really oh, achieve sure. what you want. Yeah, little steps become big steps, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just also think that surrounding yourself, like we talk about it a lot, surrounding yourself with people who can really help you is that I always talk about expanders and it's mm. people that you surround yourself with that are doing bigger things than you because I yeah. can guarantee you if you hang out with people that are doing bigger things than you, you will automatically start to gravitate towards them. And once again, it's not about being like big and loud and extrovert and all the rest of it. It's actually about kind of going, wow, like if they can do it, so can I, and then learning from them and then moving yourself forwards. Yeah, and I think naturally those kinds of people tend to be the kinds of people who encourage us to take those risks and almost give us that permission to act, right? Like they, they make us feel like, actually, like I can do this. It's cool. Yeah. I love that. So, okay. Now I'm going to talk a little bit, or I want to pivot this conversation a little bit to talking about building a bold brand. Now your, your brand is beautiful. It's very, very, very bold. 
So why, Suze, why did you decide to create such a bold, bright brand in a tra- space that's like traditionally not that bright and colourful? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that is the interesting thing, yeah, is that when I actually came into the business coaching world and the way that I mm. actually got into it was that I had built this big corporate brand uh, doing employer branding and I had girlfriends yeah. that were going on maternity leave that wanted to start their own businesses and they were like, how did you do the pricing, packaging, strategy, marketing, messaging, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, this is how I did it. So over wine, over dining room tables, we started, we started to put that together. And when and then they were like, you need to get paid to do this, like more than wine. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting <laughs> idea. Um, and so that's kind of how I started. And they started refer, referring people to me, which is where I got my initial yeah. client base. And when I looked at all of the business coaches, like there, that were there five odd years ago, it was all very beige or white watercolor logos, very, um, yeah, just not me at all. And I kind of looked at it and I'm thinking, oh, this, uh, how am I going to fit into this? This is interesting. And I just thought, you know, something, I'm just going to be me and I'm just going to do what I do. And then the people that are drawn to that are going to come and work with me. And this is really random, but years ago when I had my first baby, I started a sewing, like sewing um, baby clothes and blankets and stuff because I couldn't find any funky fabric. And so I would go to markets and I'd have people coming up to me going, oh, my gosh, my friend told me that I had to come and see you because we didn't really want pink or blue, like we wanted something really out there. And so... It kind of comes back to that where I just think you have got a unique perspective. You have got a certain way of doing things. And I I think one of the things that I talk about a lot with my students and clients is if you look around at everybody that does what you do and you copy that because you think that that's what success looks like, then you'll just look like everybody else. And it's not going to help you stand out. People aren't going to come to you instead of them because they're like, well, if they're bigger and they look exactly the same, why would I go to this person? So for me, when it comes to bold branding, like I said, it's about breaking the mold in your industry. It's actually about looking at things and going, how can I be different? How can I stand out? So when we did my visual rebrand and the gorgeous girls at the Who Photography and Brand um, did it for me, and I literally said to Crystal, I just want to be the Catherine Sabbath of the business coaching world. Now, for any of you who know who Catherine Sabbath is, she bakes cakes. Yeah, she was on MasterChef. She does like crazy, um, really unique, bright, bold, really unusual cakes. And her website <laughs> is freaking awesome. And I was just like, I'm never going to come up against her in my industry. So if no my way. visual brand looks similar to hers, that's okay because we're not in the same market. But I love it. And so, uh, so if you go check out Catherine Sabbath, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But that for me was a really big thing is always looking outside of your industry to yeah. get inspiration for how you can do things differently to the way every, everybody else is doing it. Um, and taking inspiration from it. It's not about copying, but it's about kind of going, when I go into a store and I have an amazing brand experience, what was it about that brand experience that made me talk about it to all my friends? And is yeah. there a way that I can maybe adopt that 
into my business? Like what would amazing brand experience look like for my clients? Yeah. And if I was to have something visually that stood out or I sent a gift or whatever it is, what do I love that's really unique and different that it, that I just look at and go, oh, my God, I love that. And how can I adopt that into my business that's from something that has nothing to do with who I am, what I do, or my industry? And so yeah. I think that that's been a really big thing for me um, is really constantly looking at who's doing really different and unique things. I love it. But okay, so when you're making that decision though to go with like the really, really bold branding, were there any times when you thought, oh, maybe, like maybe I should just stick with what's already working in the industry? Like were there any of those moments of doubt or did you just jump in there and own it? Uh, I think that there was like this one split second. Like if you do go to my website, which is (laughs) suschadwick.com, it is a pretty in your face picture. Um, and I love it. And I did actually, there was a split second where my designer sent me that and she's like, this is your new branding. And I did have a millisecond where I was like, oh, is it too much? Is that too much? Yeah. And I, with, and then after that fleeting second, I was like, that's what I wanted. Like I wanted Yay. a bit too much. Uh, because like I said, I'm really clear on who I'm for and who I'm not for. And if, mm-hmm. and I think that, I've got introverts and extroverts in my community, but I think that there is the desire to be bold, and that word has been gold for me, Uh, the desire to be bold and to stand out in whatever way that means for you is what really speaks to people. And I think that whenever I talk about branding as well, it is the emotional connection and invitation for people to connect in a different way with you and who you are and what you're about. And so if that image doesn't totally deter you and if you want to be confident in your branding and marketing and if you want to be bold in whatever way that, you know, looks for you, then that's what people come to me for. Yeah. yeah. So I think and equally, me, yeah, amazing. And equally you repel the people who aren't right for your brand. Yeah, you don't totally. Want to work. I, and love I think that. that's good. I think yeah, that's and good. I think some, sometimes we get a little bit scared though. It's like, oh, like maybe I like maybe I shouldn't be repelling clients. I just want to be for everybody. But I love that your brand is so like you either love it or it's not for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that I want to say about that is when you choose to be for everybody, I can guarantee you that there is a place that you want to position yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you try and be for everybody, you will end up working with clients who, one, you can't really serve fully because yeah. they're not actually doing what you need them to do. And you're maybe not being your fully expressed self because you're trying to please everybody. And it's just not a good road to go down. So at the beginning, I was working with a lot of different clients and some of them, I was just like, you know, you've said you want to stand out. You said you want to do this, but you're actually not like this is not working. And so it's frustrating for both parties. So I think being really clear about who you're for for and who you're not for means that the clients that want to work with you, one, they'll pay you because you're the person they want. Um, And secondly, they will do the work required, which is what you want because you don't want to work with people who aren't going to do what they need to do as well because, you know, you're like trying to be for everybody. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, Suze. Well, at the end of every podcast episode, I have a couple of questions I ask all of my guests. And the very first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Get started sooner. Oh, isn't hindsight great? <laughs> I think about it all the time. I'm like, God, if I just started 10 years earlier. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> what has been your biggest whoops moment? Oh, God. Uh, so I, oh, there's got two. But anyway, I'll go with one. Is that Please give I... us both. Do I give you both? Okay. Yeah. So the first one, the first one, it turned out okay, but it wasn't great at that time. The very first conference that I ran was with like 200 people. I'd never run any event before. Like I'm not even talking about like a three-person event. And I had Lisa Messenger as my keynote speaker and I took $42,000 out of our mortgage and I paid for the event. We broke even, but can I tell you, I have never hustled as hard as I hustled to fill that event and to get bums on seats and to make that happen. There were a lot of tears um, and I just, I like became the most resourceful Suze that has ever lived. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I was, yeah, I was doing everything I could and we, in the end, we broke even on that event, but not something that I would recommend. So that was the first (sighs) one where I'm just like, oh, now I do full spreadsheets before I run an event. Good. (laughs) Um, With all of my financials, my profit and loss, all the rest of it. But first time I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, And then the second one is that when I switched over systems from one course system to another, a whole lot of payment plans fell out the back. Oh, this is the the first guest who said that. Yeah, (laughs) so a whole lot of payment plans fell out the back. And then I, because I've got such amazing clients, some of them were like, Suze, I'm sure I still owe you money. And I was, and when I finally went and looked, there were like probably eight or nine people where it was still like maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars that were still due to come to me. So I could have easily lost like, 15 to 20 grand, but I've got amazing clients and they told me and we fixed it all up. But I was just like, oh my God, how the hell did that happen? But yeah, it happened. It happened. (laughs) And that's a sign that you've got a good brand. I think when your clients offer to pay you more, (laughs) (laughs) they were like, just send me an invoice. Don't worry about the payment plan. I'm like, I friggin' love you. (laughs) That's amazing. So is what has been your biggest growth moment? I think one of my biggest growth moments, apart from that event that I just talked about, um, was me making a decision in June last year to cull about 80% of my business because I realized that I was doing all of the things and I wasn't doing any one thing particularly well or as well as I wanted to. And so I basically got rid of a really profitable membership and I got rid of like corporate consulting, which was worth tens of thousands of dollars and I got rid of other things um, and I doubled down and put everything into Brand Builders Academy and speaking um, and basically like 10x that when I did that because I put all of my energy and my focus and my love and attention onto that and it made all the difference and now 
I earn the money that I want and I don't work all the hours that, you know, I was. And now it's just joy. And I just like, once again, why the hell didn't I do that sooner? (laughs) (laughs) Because you had to make the mistakes to learn. (laughs) That's what it is. Sounds like you're living the dream now, though. That sounds great. Uh, Well, you know, Uh, (laughs) everybody's still working at it. But yeah, it's a lot better than it was. Very last question. Who or what inspires you? Oh, God. I am meeting Elizabeth Gilbert tomorrow at Business Chicks in Melbourne. (gasps) And she, I actually wrote about her in my book, Play Big, Brand Bold, because I, if you have not read or listened to, I would highly recommend that if you aren't on Audible, listen to Big Magic. I listen to it once to twice a year, not even joking, Uh, because every time I listen to it, I think depending on where I am in my life, I take something different away from it. And I had started writing the book like two years before. And there's this bit in her book, Big Magic, that just says, just get your work out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect. You are not responsible for how people receive it. But if you don't do it, you've wasted an opportunity. And within the next five weeks, I finished my book. So she is like my creative mentor, even though she doesn't know it. And tomorrow I'm going to get (laughs) give her a hug and give her my book and tell her how much I love her. Um, But that she has been the biggest inspiration for me. I love that. And yeah, Big Magic is an amazing book. I think I might go back and reread that because I've only read it once. Yeah. It's been years, so I need to go back and do that. Oh, so this has been such a wonderful chat. And I would love if you could tell our listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you and your book and Brand Builders Academy and all of the things. Thank you. It's been so good. I could literally just talk about this all day. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so you can find me at suzechadwick.com is my website. Uh, suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA is Brand Builders Academy. But I love hanging out on Instagram and I'm at is Chadwick on Instagram as well. And you can always find me in stories. You can send me an audio or a video DM. I love it. Um, and I will, yeah, always get back to you and say hi. So feel free to connect there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Suze. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 